praise of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Yeah. 
Hello everyone, I'm Chapel John McTurnan, and this is our Thursday night Bible teaching time, and tonight we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 13 again, and I, I was going over Reve- Revelation 13 here before the show, and it is really, really, and I said it last uh, Tuesday, it is jam-packed with... Uh, uh, really, really lots of tying, uh, lots of information, uh, not limited to Revelation 13, but tying it in with Revelation 11, tying it in with Revelation 17, uh, tying it in with the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 9, uh, and then of course the teaching about the, uh, uh, Revelation 13 talks about the two beasts. And it turns out the second beast is later identified as the false prophet. So I'm going to take our time here with Revelation 13. Um, I I think we kind of handled Daniel's 70th week uh, last last teaching. Uh, there was kind of a lot of information there. Maybe I'll uh, go over it again. I'm, I'm not sure yet at this point. But what I would like to do is read Revelation chapter 13. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power, and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who was able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blasphemy his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patient and faith of the saints. I'll probably I'll end there. That's uh, about the first beast. The second beast then is, starts in verse 11 to the end, and he, beco- he becomes known in the scriptures as the false prophet. The false prophet. So let me go to where we left off last Tuesday. 
And what I'm going to do is um, look at all the things that co- that can converge. Uh, not necessarily in chapter 13, but I'm going to use chapter 13 as the uh, starting point. But it converges with uh, chapter 11, chapter 13, chapter 17. Um, let me see if there's anything else that converges in there. I guess that's uh, that. that's enough. Okay. And let me get started here here we go all right um so much that comes together in revelation 13 i'm gonna get focused on it right here all right now i did cover the 70th week of daniel last uh, teaching and the reason daniel's 70th week and if if you just happen to be watching for the first time, it's weeks of years, and it's referred to as 70 weeks. It's 70 weeks, weeks of seven. So it turns out to be a 490-year um, prophecy, a 490-year prophecy. And we know, I have another teaching in here regarding this. That's with chapter 8 of when the prophecy of Daniel starts. And basically what happens is the the prophecy is for 483 years and then seven years separate. And the prophecy began under, in, in Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2, you'll see where King Artaxerxes gave the decree to rebuild Jerusalem and the walls. And we know that date from history. We can tell that date from history. So when you come forward from that date, it comes out to be um, March, March or April of 32 AD. And of course, that's ex- the exact time fitting for the Lord. But it ended, and there's seven year. It just the seven years remaining are just hanging. And it mentions a prince that's coming that's going to re- make a covenant with Israel that for seven years. And in the midst of the seven years, he's going to um, break the covenant. And then it talks about the abomination of desolation and all. So that seven weeks, or seven, uh, one week, seven years, fits exactly the time period for the tribulation period, seven years. And then when we look at Daniel 9.27, it talks about in the midst of the week, so three and a half years, into the covenant that the man of sin is going to make with Israel, um, he breaks that, and he stops the sacrifice. So when we look in the book of Revelation, three and a half years into the beginning of the um, tribulation period is critical. There's all sorts of things happening. Right at that three and a half um, year period of time. So there's there's activities going on right to the three and a half year period. It comes to an end. And then a whole new set of activities continue until the end. 
of the seven years, which is the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that seven years is a countdown to... the. It's like what's happening the seven years immediately prior to his second coming. So the book of Revelation, starting at chapter 4, until the, re- the Lord returns in chapter 19, really is just a seven-year period of time. That's all it is. But it is jam-packed with events. It's just one event after another, after another, after another. So when I the terminology, the 70th week of Daniel, is also the tribulation period. The book of Revelation, starting at chapter 4, verse 1, all the way down to chapter 19, verse 21. After that, the tribulation period is over. There's a brief report on the, the kingdom reign of the Lord, and the Bible's describing, uh, well, the judgment of the wicked into eternal judgment. And then in 21 and 22 was about the new Jerusalem and sort of like concluding events. So the the heart of the, of the book of Revelation then, from Revelation 21, 1, excuse me, 4, 1 to, to 19, 22, is the seven-year period that Daniel writes about. And this is the key verse then in Daniel nine twenty seven, And he, that is the prince to come, that, the prince to come is the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet. No, not the false prophet, but the man of sin, the son of perdition. Those are all titles from the wicked, the wicked one. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, seven years. And in the midst of the seven years, three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And notice, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. And so what what we're going to look at now is what happens in the middle of those seven weeks. Excuse me, seven years. i got to get my weeks and years correct on this, otherwise it gets messed up. Seven weeks is 49 years. But we want to go by years now, not weeks. All right. So what happens is um, exactly three and a half years into the seven years of the tribulation, um, God has two witnesses that the Bible tells us they are going to be witnessing for exactly three and a half years. And these witnesses, one the Bible identifies as Elijah, the other is not identified. I believe it's Moses, but that's not for sure. Just fits Moses. So let's read Revelation chapter 11, verse 2. And this is about the the temple that's, the new temple that's built during the tribulation period, or it's functioning during the tribulation period. But the court which is without, the temple leave out. And measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be thread underfoot for forty and two months, three and a half years. And now 
verse 13 is going into the two prophets. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. That is three and a half years, 1260 days, three and a half years. So we know when the two witnesses were uh, called, and that's in Revelation chapter 8, because that is when the judgments are specifically identified. There's an event that triggers them. There's um, um, silence in heaven for the space of a half hour. And then um, there, the, the prayers of the saints are thrown down into the earth in a golden censer, uh, which the Bible describes in Revelation chapter 8. And when it hits the earth, there is an earthquake, which is coinciding with this covenant that the, the beast is going to make with Israel. And then the specific judgments start, start happening. So from that moment on, in Revelation chapter 8, looking at verses 2 through 4, from that moment on, do we get to, to Revelation 11 chapter 2, excuse me, Revelation 11 verse 2, will be three and a half years. Now the Bible tells us uh, the ministry of these two um, uh, prophets, because it says they're going to prophesy in verse 3. Um, and they're going to be, the Bible says they're going to be given given tremendous power as a witness to the coming of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they're going to be calling fire down from heaven and turning water into blood and things like that. Famines, pestilence. And then in the middle of the, th- and the three and a half years, they end up in Jerusalem. Now, and they're, uh, they're actually slain in Jerusalem. So tying in with this is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except to come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he is going to be the man of sin, is going to oppose to God's prophets, and we'll get into that real shortly, and uh, he is going to slay them. And when he does that, he's going to go into the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the um, the confrontation between the beast and God's two uh, prophets, most likely, well, it says it's going to happen in Jerusalem, but it's most likely right near the temple, right near it. So he slays the two prophets, and then he goes into the temple uh, proclaiming that he is God. And this ties in with Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, which the Lord is talking to his um, disciples about what is going to happen before his coming. 
And then in verse 15, he says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. So verse for Second Thessalonians chapter 4 says he's uh, sitting in the temple. Matthew 25 says he's going to stand in the holy place in the temple. So he's going to go into the temple, and he'll end up probably be both standing and sitting. Uh, one description has him standing, the other has him sitting. Uh, but he's nonetheless, he is in the temple uh, during the tribulation period. He goes into it declaring that he is God. This happens midway, folks. That 3.5-year time period, that's when this event happens, the confrontation between God's prophets and the beast. And, um, well, hang on here for a second. I think I ran into the same thing. No, I should uh, tighten this up. I'm going to have to make a note. Because I really, at this point, I should go back. In fact, I'm going to go back in the scriptures and read it to make it cohesive. Um, all right, so when we go to the scriptures in uh, Revelation chapter 11. Let me get that. Here we go. So there's the confrontation between the two prophets and the beast. And verse 5 says, If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Now here verse 7 is very important. And when they shall finish their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So God is giving them three and a half year ministry on earth. Uh, at that Right there, that three and a half year period of time, uh, they are in Jerusalem, and there is a confrontation between the two prophets and the beast, who God allows the beast to kill them. In verse 8, and their, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. They of the people and the kindreds and the tongues and the nations shall see their dead bodies three three days and a half and shall not allow their dead bodies to be put in graves. Now this turns out to be very important, verse 9, because it tells us that all the world is watching this, and, and all the world, except for a very a small remnant, is happy that they are killed. So let me read that again. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half days and shall not allow their dead bodies to be put in the graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts 
one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So what we have here is the identification of all the peoples of the world, and it's called kindreds, tribes, and tongues, languages, and nations. So that's, um, well, it says people, tribes, languages, and nations. That is the the peoples of the world. And later on in scriptures, you're going to see that this here description is where the, the, is connected with the Antichrist and who is supporting him and who is supporting, um, uh, the whore of Babylon. Verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry, which shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Now remember, these prophets are witnesses for the Lord. So they're witnessing about Christ's coming. Because up as they're ministering, it was seven years in the future, and then it was six years in the future, and then it was five years in the future, and then it was four years, and now it's at three and a half, three and a half years. So it goes to six years was left, you know, five years was left, four years was left, and then a half a year. And they were witnessing about Christ's coming. So the world wanted no part of it. The world at this point in Revelation chapter 11, now of course there was a remnant that was not following what the Bible calls the whore of Babylon. But that was the religious system into this three and a half year period of time was the whore of Babylon as it's called and it's, it talks about the whore riding the beast so the beast is the religious system that is the whore riding the political system which the antichrist was heading up so they had merged they had merged and they were doing horrific things to God's people that wouldn't submit to them. And we'll look at that in a little bit. And it says, And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up into a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. So this is all a witness. This is all happening amazingly, folk, right at the mid, mid-tribulation mid here. And God is giving them a witness. They heard his voice, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. They were um, resurrected. And the same hour, verse 13, uh, that was the great earthquake, and a tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. So um, what happened was there was a great earthquake that did severe damage to Jerusalem. 
And I believe that, because you don't hear any more about the temple during the tribulation period from right here. This is the last you hear about it. So I believe what's going to happen is the Antichrist, the beast, is going into the temple after he kills the two prophets, that they, um, uh, he goes in there and proclaims that he is God, and he comes out, and this is when he initiates the 666 numbering system uh, that people have to take as a sign of worshiping him. And then at the end of that three and a half day period of time, there is a great earthquake. And I, I, I can't prove this, but I think it's fitting that the earthquake destroys the temple and the Antichrist can't go back into it. He, he got his moment of, I don't know what you want to call it, joy. And then God destroyed it. And that was the end of that. Because it's fitting. There's an earthquake in the city. A lot of people died. A tenth of the city was destroyed. So if a tenth of the city destroyed, it's great possibility that the um, the temple that was in existence at this time was destroyed. And then the devil would be blocked. The beast would be blocked from going back into it. All right, I, that ties together really good with uh, Revelation 13 and the mid-period of time and what's happening. Let's go back now and take a look at um, more of Revelation 13. We covered the two witnesses. Uh, now we're going to go into the destruction of the whore of Babylon because we can fit together very tightly what happened in Revelation chapter 11? Remember, it's three and a half um, years into the tribulation period. And the Antichrist goes into the temple declaring he is God at three and a half years. At three and a half years, um, the um, right at the same period, God puts it in the heart of the political system to destroy the religious system and the that is when the beast declares that he is god they he's not being worshiped as god before the three and a half year period of time so what he does is the political the religious system the hierarchy of it and the best example of it would be like the Catholic Church, where you've got the Pope, and then you've got cardinals and bishops, and uh, priests and nuns, and uh, they call them brothers, and I don't know whatever else they have. That'll be the religious system, although it's going to be much broader than the Catholic Church. It's going to be um, all of these religions that are out there now are going to merge to one one religion that they worship or they'll accept anything but salvation by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that, you know, the Hindus will be there and the Buddhists will be there and the Shintos will be there, the New Agers will be there, the Mormons will be there and 
and all sorts of other groups are going to be there, all merged together. The apostate Protestant Church will be there. Um, the Catholic Church will be there. We're all going to be merged into this. And I, I liken this to when Hitler took over power in Germany, his main force for taking over were the brown shirts. They're called the brown shirts. But when Hitler came to power, very soon, I think it was the next year, uh, the brown shirts were drug addicts. Um, they were occultists. Um, they were criminals. Um, they were um, laced with um, homosexuals. In fact, um, Stalin said if you destroyed homosexuality in Germany, you destroy the Nazis. Uh, they were, I guess you would say, um, psychopaths were in there. And they were used to destabilize Germany so Hitler could come to power. Uh, but as soon as he came to power, he knew that you couldn't rely on these people. They were totally... Um, unreliable to build a nation on. Well, something similar is going to happen with the Whore of Babylon. Now we're going to go down to Revelation seventeen sixteen, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. Now the ten horns is the political system and make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God had putteth in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So the beast is going to come to power right here. All the powers, all the political power in the world is going to be uh, come under him, and they're going to destroy the, the uh, whore of Babylon, the religious system, and this happens right midway in the this three and a half years. So all sorts of stuff is going on, folks, at three and a half years. We've got God's prophets there. We've got the beasts there. We've got uh, the, the prophets of the Lord killed. And at the same time, the, uh, the um, Horror of Babylon's religious structure is all, everyone involved in it is killed. The average person isn't, but the leadership is. It's destroyed. All happening like simultaneously. Now, what's interesting in this also is when we go back to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, and we go to um, the uh, fifth seal, and this is judgment. Now, we're talking on judgment, what happens in the midst of the week. And we see that under the altar in Revelation chapter 6 is a, uh, a massive amount of people who have been slain for the word of God. So let's, let's go over this right now because this ties in to Revelation 17. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now the testimony which they were which they held was for Jesus Christ. 
That's the testimony they held. And they were slain because of that. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, does thou, does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Avenge and, and our blood. Judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. So these people under the altar have been killed, slain by the whore of Babylon. Verse 11, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that they should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So the people that are under the altar, uh, something extremely terrible has happened to them. They want judgment on, it says, them that dwell on the earth. That's the ones that um, are, are following the whore of Babylon. They want judgment and, and their blood avenged. Avenged our blood. Well, the one that would be killing them right now at this time, we go to Revelation seventeen six, and that is what the Bible describes or calls the whore of Babylon. And I saw the woman, that's the whore of Babylon. Now look at this, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So the, 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 during the mid-tribulation period, the whore of Babylon is judged. Though that system is what was killing God's saints in the first three half, three and a half years. So Revelation 17, 16 and 17, 17 is the fulfillment of the requests of God's people under, in the fifth seal, under the altar. Uh, the, the, the slaughter must have been horrific, folks. Let's read that again, verse 10, Revelation 6, 10. And they cried, now notice, cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So the avenging of what that they were calling for happens in the, right at the mid-tribulation period, and it is the beast and the political system that is de- destroying the religious system. So the, again, I'm emphasizing it. So much is happening within a couple-day period of time there, right at the uh, three-and-a-half-year mark of that seventh week, the last week, the 70th week. Now, Satan is also cast down out of heaven at this point. Revelation 12, 9, and then 14. And and that great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then it says unto the woman, uh, or given two wings as a great eagle, 
that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she is nourished for time, times, and time and a half from the face of the serpent. So time is a year, times is two years, and a half a time is a half a year. Added up is 3.5 years. So these Satan being cast down on the earth and attacking the woman, which is Israel, is uh, right in the middle of the tribulation period, that three-and-a-half-year mark. And so Satan is cast down, and then when he's here on the earth, he possesses, he, he, he enters into the body of the beast, and the beast becomes completely satanic. And, all right, still in the midst of the week here, Revelation uh, 3, 13, 1. And I saw, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And there was given unto him, that's the beast, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue for forty-two months, three and a half years. There is his reign, folks. Uh, God is allotting, allotting Satan's, Satan's Messiah, you want to call him that? Satan's false Messiah. He's allowing him the exact time that, that uh, Jesus had on earth. When you study the scriptures, you can go by Passovers. And that the Lord had, his, his ministry was about three and a half years. So that's what the uh, the beast is going to get, three and a half years. So it's, uh, again, it's um, very important you understand that the ministry of the Antichrist here on earth, where people are forced to take his number, is three and a half years. There's going to be a lot of people killed between now and when the Antichrist takes power. Uh, of course, right now we know there's very close to uh, 8 billion people. Then there's minus all the Christians, minus the real Christians, minus the um, great revival that's going to come. I hope we're right in the beginning of it now and sweep large numbers into heaven. Um, and then you have to, so that's subtracted from that 8 billion. And then all that are martyred during the first three and a half years, um, that has to be deleted. And then there are the, those that are, um, will be killed by plagues, and famines, and wars. It talks about a quarter of the earth, a third of the earth, which is, um, that, that's half. So when the Antichrist comes to power and demands to be worshipped and the people to take the mark of the beast, there's still going to be, I, I mean, we'll say four million. That's, it's halfway down, but that's still a huge number. And out of that four million, Everybody on earth has to take the mark of the beast and worship him. If they don't, they're killed. So the killing, it's, a, it's just one big 
slaughter for seven years, folks. There's every way you could think of it that it's being done. Some is by the the beast and his sister. Some is done, or a lot is done, by the whore of Babylon. Then the beast replaces, and his system replaces the whore of Babylon. And they're killing everybody that won't take the number. But there's pestilence taking place. There's all the judgments taking place. So the world is, population is going to rapidly dwell, dwell down as we head the second coming of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take a look now again at this intertwining of Revelation 13 and 17. Uh, 13, 1, um, the beast is going to rise up out of the sea. And we've got the scriptures to show that the sea is the nations. It's the people, the nations. And he's going to have seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. So we get into Revelation seventeen twelve, talking about the whore of Babylon. And it says, Woe to the multitude of people, which make a noise like the noise of the seas, and to the rushing of nations, that make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. And that's where we get him coming up out of the sea. In Revelation 13.1, Revelation 12.17.12 is telling us that it's many peoples, multitude of peoples, and they're, the tumult of them sounds like uh, the ocean with mighty waters in it, you know, I guess huge waves. And then we look at Revelation 17.1, and there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked to me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. We go down to verse 15, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations, and languages. So putting them you know, all together here with Revelation 13 and 17, um, the beast is coming up out of the Gentile nations, because that's what this re- is referring to, the peoples and the multitudes, those are the non-Jews. So he's coming up out of the nations. And I uh, so it's very clear here when it talks about up out of the sea, uh, the sea in verse 12, mighty waters, the great whore in 17.1 that sit upon many waters. The waters are the nations who are following the beast. They are, and then remember the beasts, um, what would be the word? The beast's allurement for them to follow him is that he is God on earth. I believe he's going to offer them a form of eternal life. All the science that we see going on now uh, regarding transhumanism and um, uh, 
let me see, transhumanism, oh, and robotics and that. And one of the things that's very interesting that I just picked up today, yesterday, actually yesterday, and I, I did some more reading on it today, um, they're finding that the human brain is the best processor. And they're trying to create a f- artificial intelligence that can process like the human brain. So what these mad scientists are planning on doing is to take, I, I don't know where they're getting these neural networks. I, I guess maybe from people that died, but they're talking to, they're getting human brain, they're calling them neural networks and put together like 10 of the, the brains, the processing part of the brains and using that as like a, um, well, it'd be transhumanism. That's what I was thinking of. That's what they, they so they're going to have, they're going to put brains artific- in, in artificial intelligence. They're going to merge it with our brains processing power because they can't duplicate it. They can't, they can't duplicate the incredible thinking power that we have. So we can see how the lurement for the Antichrist is going to be offering people tremendous thinking power. They, uh, their brains will be put into a, uh, and it'll be a cyborg, um, transhumanism, and, and it'll be a robot body that will last forever. If your part wears out, they give you a new part. Um, plus, remember, he rose from the dead at, at this point also. He's the beast that ascendeth out of the pit. Because he died, he was placed in hell, and then he is brought out, the, whose deadly wound is healed. That's also transpiring at this time. And I think that'll be something that people will either hear about or, or maybe see him die, dead and then he, he's he's now alive. And this will cause the multitudes to turn to him rather than the creator. Jesus Christ is the creator and they're turning from him to follow this, the man of sin, the son of perdition, who, who hurls blasphemies against God creator of the universe. So the, the, this with this exa- expanded um, processing power, you'll have our, the, our, the processor of our brain with their, ent- their artificial intelligence. And I believe that's what they're going to promise people. You get eternal life here on earth now. You follow me. You worship me. And I'll give you a, a body or a robot just like um, the image of the beast of me. It's it's going to be very, very alluring, folks, for them to follow this because they've got it right in front of them. Uh, the beast has slain God's two prophets and he goes into the temple declaring that he's God, recently resurrected. Um, yes, those that are deceived will go for this. They'll go for this will be like the great deception. 
Here, let me, let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And we'll talk about the deception in the last days. It's a special deception. All right, we'll start at verse 2, but we'll go to um, verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, that is the man of sin, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now it's talking about this man of sin. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs. Now look at this, and lying wonders. So the people on earth are going to be seeing this. They're going to be seeing uh, um, his power is coming after the working of Satan. And he's going to have great power and signs and lying wonders. And with all, now look at this, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Deceivableness of unrighteousness. They love sin. So they have a choice now, right in the mid-tribulation, of um, repenting of sin and confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or deceivableness of unrighteousness. They're full of sin. They're unrighteousness, and it's deceived them. They love sin. So this is going to be the big choice now during mid-tribulation. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So they're going to be given the truth. They're going to hear God's voice and calling his two prophets up. The two prophets are going to have given witness to the beast, uh, to the to the um, to the people. Yeah, the beast also. And um, uh, th- there's going to be uh, th- uh, three angels in Revelation 14 that are going to be uh, warning everybody in the world. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll look at that at um, when we get to Revelation 14. But God is warning them not to take the mark of the beast. That is occurring at this three and a half year period of time. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So they don't want the truth, folks. The love of the truth. They want sin. They might be saved. Now, it all boils down to this. Verse 11 and 12. And for this cause, because they would not receive the love of the truth and they love sin, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So God shall send them a strong delusion. And the strong delusion is the Antichrist, the beast there, and his image, the image of the beast. And these people think that they can have eternal life and keep their sin. Whatever he's promising them, or whatever he's going to promise them, let's say it's a... um, uh, a robot with uh, sort of a bio bio bioness to it with part of its brain is human and what they'll be able to do is like download their 
thinking process into the image of the beast. And that's how they're going to be promised eternal life. God is the two prophets and the angels in heaven warning them, the 144,000 warning them. But they had pleasure in unrighteousness. They love sin. They are not going to repent. And because they love sin, um, they will not repent. They will not come to Christ. They are going to believe the lie of the Antichrist and follow him even though the two witnesses, all the miracles, warned them. The 144,000 warned them. Two angels, three angels in heaven are warning them. All, well, not, well, some of the prophecy was longer, but it all converges right at the three and a half year period of time when um, Satan, well, or the beast is going to implement the 666 system, God brought this all together before them and the vast majority are going to reject it because they had they love sin. They had pleasure in unrighteousness. It's really uh, sad, folks, because they're going to take that pleasure in unrighteousness right into hell with them, folks, right into the lake of fire. Really sad. Sin is a powerful force on mankind. It is really powerful. All, what it's, it's going to be a tumultuous period of time. God is working, showing the people the truth. Satan or the, the beast is promising them lies. Um, they go for the lies, the vast majority, and damnation into the lake of fire. But they, they weren't, they weren't tricked into this. They were deceived, but their deception was because of their sin. They were not going to give up sin. Okay, um, and I'll, I think we'll end with this here, with uh, the blasphemy. Now, the name, the use of the word blasphemy shows up several times in the book of Revelation. So, Revelation 13.1 comes up again. We're using that quite a bit. And at the end of the verse... It says on the, on the top of the heads, the name of blasphemy. So they had seven heads and ten horns, and upon the horns, ten crowns. So blasphemy, you know, why do you, they have to be presenting the blasphemy? That's what's in them, folks. They hate God with a passion. They hate him. And just like today, there are many, many that hate God and they love sin. They want to have the sin of abortion. They want the sin of the homosexual agenda. They want the sin of uh, being able to live whatever fantasy you want. That, you know, one day you're a boy, next day you're a girl. You can kill babies at any time. Um, that's the sin. So the man of sin is going to, he's going to speak to them. They are going to listen to him because they want their sin and he's going to fulfill it. Then we go down to Revelation thirteen seventeen, and it says, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. 
So we know the name is 666, or excuse me, the number is 666. Um, the name of the beast. Um, so I don't know what that is. We know the 666 is um, connected with the name of the beast. Then we go to 17.5. And upon her forehead, that's the whore of Babylon, was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots, the abominations of the earth. Um, the the beast is going, I believe he's going, his name is going to be separate from this. Um, because the, the whore of Babylon um, that was written there on the, her forehead, Mystery Babylon, the great, the great, the mother of harlots, and the abomination of all the earth. I'm sure it's been shortened with initials or letters, but it's very important to be presenting things during the tribulation period. At least that's the way they think, the wicked. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So there's going to be a uh, mark identifying the whore of Babylon for everybody to fall down and worship, I guess. Um, there's going to be a mark of the beast, which is separate from what the mark of the whore of the Babylon is. So the mark of the beast contains the name and number of the beast. That it's going to be visible. I know this talk about it's under the skin and things symbolic. It's literal. And when I read it, it to me, it is on the right hand. It's on it. You can see it. It's visible. Or the forehead. And um, I guess that's what we'll cut it off at. I just wanted to show you something that I think I have here. Huh. I guess not. Hang on. Oh, I saved it. Yeah, here it is, right here. I'm going to show it to you now. Uh, this is the QR code. And right now, led by uh, Bill Gates, he has put in tens of millions of dollars so that everybody in the world has a QR code. Quick response. So a QR code could have everything in it about you. It's like a little website. And with all these dots, black and white lines and dots and all, you can get them into such a variety that you can't exhaust it. So everyone is going to have their separate QR code. And then everything about you will be in that website where the QR code is. So it doesn't take much to see that that QR code could be um, it's personal for everyone. And it is, uh, everything about you is on it. So if there's a QR code, oh, the passports. They wanted the um, the, the passports. Uh, not they don't, they want, but on the passports now, when you go to show it, you open it up, there's the QR code. And that can be, that's scanned and then it takes you right into your own personal website with everything about you is on there. Everything. 
So my way of thinking on this, um, it's the technology may be available right now, but it's not being revealed. Although Bill Gates has invested all sorts of money into the QR code. He wants everybody in the world to have one. But I think right now, the way things are shaking out, it's very possible the mark of the beast could be a QR code. Now, these look real big, uh, but I've had them uh, shrunken down. I found them shrunken down. And they're they're like a quarter of a size of a uh, postage stamp. Uh, so something of that size, maybe a little bigger, could be um, imprinted on your forehead or bigger on the person's forehead or a bigger one in the right hand. But um, I'm not saying that this is definitely the mark of the beast, but here is my interest in it. Um, the we're, we're racing into the tribulation period. It's not too far away. There is a mark already that they want everyone in the world to have, and that's your own QR code. Now, Gates is leading the charge on this with uh, tens of millions of dollars. He's investing to have the QR codes, everybody in the planet to have a QR code. So I don't see anything else that could fit this. So if they have the technology to quickly imprint it on the right hand or the forehead like a tattoo, um, there you go. There it is. So I think that in looking at everything, the hour we live in and everything that's coming down, uh, my right now, unless something else develops, my belief is the QR code is going to end up as the mark of the beast. So uh, if you look at the QR code, the way it's structured, there's three boxes on it, and the fourth one is not there. So in those three boxes, you could easily have 666. And it talks about the name of the beast. And the number of his name. So you could easily have 666 in those three boxes. And then um, you could have, um, well, I, I got the words anti-Christ. Anti on top and Christ on the bottom. Uh, the name of the beast could be put right in there. So you'd have the mark of the beast would include the QR code for personal identification that only you have. Then it has the three sixes in it. And then it's got space to put the name of the beast. Uh, again, I'm not claiming that this is definitely going to be the mark of the beast, but it certainly um, fits that it could. It's coming together worldwide at the hour we live in. Um, and they are pushing that everybody is going to have to have a QR code in the world which the next step would be make them visible, something visible. So that's um, all for tonight. We covered um, um, a lot of important information, all coming together at the manifestation of the beast. 
So it's amazing, though, how you can sift out all those scriptures and put them together in Revelation 13 and uh, see how important that chapter is. The Manifestation of the Beast. Okay, well, uh, we'll call it a night. And um, if anyone would like um, prayer... You can come, uh, come up, call in 717-409-5553. The, the book of Revelation really within the very short time, the last couple of years, God is really, really pulling the cover off and showing us how it all, it's synchronized and how it all just, just synchronizes together. And we need it for the hour we live in. So, Sister Kathy, hello. Thank you for sticking it out. Hey, Sister Kathy, how did your event go today? Goodness me, it was really good. Um, we just had a <clears throat> just a eight people, and um, that's very, very, very low. But um, it was very nice, and thank everybody for the prayers. But yeah, it was um, a good teaching tonight, and I just just actually dozed off just a second when you call my name. I I woke up. So, well, I did wake up at five o'clock this morning. So that's what it was. All right. So it wasn't wasn't my boring teaching. It was you. No, it was definitely not. I really, 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 really wanted to hear. And I did have a question when I was, um, well, it was just early on, but, um, I really can't remember. I, I just can't pull it up. But anyway, well, I wanted I love everybody, Sister Kathy, to see the big picture of mm-hmm. how, when we look at Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter nine, mm-hmm. and the man of sin is going to make that treaty with Israel. It's seven mm-hmm. years, which is the it matches the. 70th week of Daniel and how it talks about in Daniel something significant happening three and a half year period into that seven years and then we go over to the book of Revelation and we see how it comes together in in Revelation 11 and 13 and 17 and, and 12 12 is in there also Revelation 11 12 13 17 so there's tremendous amount of information about that three and a half year period of time right yeah it's like a phase it it confirms itself yeah all right well and then we had a nice prayer time this morning yes boy it really was when when are they going to cuba next Um, week 24th Okay. Now, I went to a um, uh, another meeting today, and that, again, that turned out real well. And I, I met this um, this woman there who was a real firebrand for the Lord. And I ended up speaking to her for quite a while, and then so did Michael. And both of us, uh, at the same time, invited her to come to... Um, prayer tomorrow morning 
so um, she'll. I wanted to give her testimony and then pray for her because I she's kind of out on her own and she's begging pastors. It has to do about working with children mm-hmm. and protecting children. And she said, I, "This is for the church. This is for the church." So she's not getting much cooperation. And, and she needs prayer, so I invited her. She said she really wants to come. So hopefully t- uh, tomorrow morning she'll come and we can pray with her. And I, I told her, look, I think our ministry would be perfect for you. She's very yeah. interested in uh, Pakistan and Africa. So what she heard about, she said, oh, I'd love to go out into the world and preach. I said, well, we're doing that. And I said, you can watch us live on, you can be a part of the prayer team and then watch live she said you can see it live i said yeah we, we it's um we, we broadcast live so uh she'd be a very good candidate to uh join us that's awesome now here's a very good candidate also all the way from new zealand hello wild Olive. hello chaplain john and any questions that was a um, comments tonight yeah that was a pretty uh, full-on briefing on all the events on that one day. Isn't it? Uh, Isn't it's that certainly something? Going to be, it's going to be a day to remember. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Yes. And but. I'm just uh, confirming, I think I might have said this before, that when this covenant is signed with Israel... They seem to get an exemption from the Babylonian right. Right. religion. Right, exactly. That's and then when they see the Babylonian religion chopped down and the Antichrist going in temple, that's when they right. sort of go, uh-oh. Right, right. And at that point, whatever the two prophets have been saying, whatever the um, 144,000 have been saying, that begins to turn national Israel to the Lord. And I believe at that point, now, it's because it, 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 it says that two-thirds are going to be killed in the land. One-third will come through and, and, and confess Jesus as their Messiah. So that two-third could very well be killed after that three-and-a-half-year period mark when they start going after people to take the image of the beast, they might be being killed. Um, that two-thirds might be killed then. That that would make sense because they're kind of protected for the right. first three and a half right. years, and then they have to flee. Right. And uh, some of them are not going to make it. Right. Right. Um, so now, that's the covenant of death and a- hell. That's the covenant with death and hell in, in Isaiah 28. Yes. Um, now, Twizzle was just asking the four horsemen uh, of the apocalypse, that yes. they are through the whole seven years, or are they just the first three and a half years? I would say a big part of it's the first three and a half years, but then you, know, you talk about war... Uh, at the White Horse and the war, I mean, that goes right to Armageddon. Yes. 
I guess you could say it's going to be real intense the first three years, and there might be a slack, and they get real intense at the end again. Right. Um, now, I just saw a little video yesterday. So interviewing this AI robot thing, and it looks so much like a human, and it was talking about its, uh, you know, claiming to be a sentient being, and it, it's even has sort of feelings, and it had all these ideas, which I suppose someone's programmed into it, and its greatest fear was someone switching it off. And it's just so lifelike, and I'm I'm just trying to figure out where these robots are going to fit into the whole scenario. Well, if it's got life, we know we know from scriptures that the false prophet is going to give life to the to the beast, to the image of the beast. And I don't know if just it just having um, that type of intelligence, if that would make it uh, um, considered life to the beast. But they are, um, if it does have life, then it doesn't have the spirit of God in it. It's got to be demonic. I mean, and plus, remember. Remember, in the, this is very important for everybody to remember. These, this artificial intelligence is made basically from Silicon Valley. And the hardest of the hard left are there. The woke is, Silicon Valley is full of the woke. And, you know, and you've got um, Zuckerberg and all of them coming from Silicon Valley. So if they're making something... It's going to be demonic because they're going to be programming into it them. You follow? Well, I was also thinking these robots, they don't have a spirit. They don't have a soul. You know, demons are always looking for something to um, live in, uh, you know, so that they can create even more havoc and i was wondering if they're going to be kind of moving into these right that's what i'm robots yeah you you put a nice you 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 phrased it real nice but that's basically what i was saying that's basically what i was saying yes they're they're going to be be, looking just like you okay so you know they make them look nice take a think of this wild oliver doesn't the bible says Everything reproduces after its own kind. Yes. So, Adam was a sinner. Adam and Eve were sinners. And they produced sinners, right? Mm-hmm. Now, evil people, evil-minded people, are creating the artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be programming patterns of thinking into that thing so they're going to put their it's going to be created after their image you follow uh yes it's it's like god the, created man in his image right. and these people are creating these things in, in their, their image and these are hateful diabolical wicked god-hating people so i think that those um robots or whatever they 
are going to be created in the image of God-haters. Yes, they'll be demonic. Yes, absolutely, I believe it. Mm. So, um, I, I don't quite know where that fits. Looking at the book of Revelation, where the, this artificial intelligence sits in it, because um, I know there's spiritual things in like Revelation chapter 9, for example. Um, but I, I don't know what to say other than they're going to be evil. There's no doubt about it. Hmm. Okay, well, I, th- I think that was all the, the questions I had and comments. Well, thank you for the teaching. And uh, I think every time you teach, I'm even more glad I will. You broke up. What did you say, Wild Olive, at the end there? <sighs> I said, the more you do these teachings, the more I'm glad I won't be here <laughs> for it. Boy, amen to that. <laughs> wow, amen to that. What a contrast. You know, the hell on earth with the the beast and his image and the false prophet and all of this stuff. And there we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen and hallelujah. Okay. And now we have uh, Sister Sharon with us. Yes, well, hello. Um, I'm kind of like Wild Olive, too. I'm kind of glad that we're not going to be here because every year, like right now, you're focusing on this three and a half year. And I just feel like every time you're, you're, you're doing one little subject part of it, it's just like you're just slamming the stamper down on, on it, and it's more and more. And, you know, how much, how much more can there be? You know, when you think about two-thirds of the population being gone and everything, it's like, wow. Yeah, that's, so, that's so, so that would be, you know, I don't know how many Jews will be in the land, but let's say a lot of them are going to be coming in because of the uh, horror of the horror of Babylon, what, what, what's going on, persecution. So Israel could have like 15 million people in it. And 10 million would die. Right. Right. You know, and, and I you know, I imagine that when they're talking like two-thirds of the, we're talking the world's population, too. And that's a lot of people gone. Well, I think it's and, more and than it's two-thirds. Short time. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, could, yeah, I don't know. See, there's so much going on. There's so much death. And right. so much that the, the beast is killing, and the the horror of Babylon is killing, and then there's famine and pestilence and war. Uh, then there's right, right. God is judging from the heavens. You know, things are coming, and massive earthquakes. So it, it it's there's not going to be many people left from eight billion. Right. I'd just, like uh, to see a billion go in the rapture. How's that? Uh, there you go, and I would like to be in that billion, and I know yeah. I will be. Yeah, so yeah, that billion would be knocked down to like seven billion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, any uh, uh, questions, Sister Sharon? Well, no, not any questions in particular, but just uh, I just thought that was just just loaded with just a lot of information with different things that are all, like you say, converging at the three and a half year mark. Right. And And that's why I I, I chose 13 because of the 
um, awesome, all the killing of the uh, Whore of Babylon is coming to a, an end, but it switches over to the the Antichrist, you know. So right. you got, but the killing, it, it's going to continue the same for whoever will not take the mark of the beast, they're going to be killed. Right, right. I know there's just uh, a lot of uh, different little movies that have been made about that, you know, when people are being uh, martyred and stuff, and it's just, uh, just a lot of interesting scenarios and everything. And like I said, I'm just glad that uh, we will be out of here uh, for that. And I just you know pray that we just get this news out to the people who need to hear it so they can make their decision decision whether they want to be here or not wow you talk about life and death what a decision that is yeah yeah you you think of people who aren't going to they just i was thinking today about how many people really really truly believe that this is real well um it's about to uh, what, it's a, everybody's about to find out it's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Sharon, we have Ariel here. Hello, Ariel. Hello, Ariel. <laughs> Hello. Good evening. Okay. What brings Can you? you hear me? Yes. Yes. What brings you? In, you in here tonight? <laughs> the good Lord. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. Just working and listening. Okay. Is uh, Fort Myers coming back to normal? Yeah, things are looking a lot better. Um, Where my grandma lives on Pine Island, which is like a similar island like Sanibel, um, there's still like a lot of damage and a lot of um, debris and stuff. But they have a lot of these cranes and big trucks that, you know, come in and pick up trash throughout different days of the week, you know, different trash days, debris days, and they still have that here too, but a lot more has gone back to normal in these more city-like areas than the smaller, uh, more further away from as many resource type areas. But um, it's it's all coming together, and there's a lot more to be done. But I think certain parts you wouldn't even know there was a hurricane, and some parts you would definitely know, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any questions? Um, no, no questions. Um, I could do a prayer, though, if we're praying now. Okay. All right. Father God, we thank you for bringing us together tonight. We are so grateful for the Uber Conference Line for Abba Father International Ministries and the fellowship it provides, and just everyone who's in here tonight and in here throughout the week. We are grateful for the teachings for the Saturday um, programs Chaplain John has been able to do throughout uh, the past couple months on myshalom.org, and we just thank you for the blessing and the preparing and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through Chaplain John and uh, members of this ministry and we thank you for the great work that has been done when it comes to the years and time it took to come up to this point of um 
us learning about the debates that he's done in the past and the teachings he's been able to prepare out of it and all the education you can get from it, it really boils down um, to a couple simple truths and um, such helpful tools that can change the heart of someone who maybe doesn't believe in the Messiah or someone who doesn't believe in Jesus or someone who um, maybe doesn't know how to look at the Bible or where to find certain factual um, Bible verses that are backed by these teachings and backed by none other than the truest scriptures of all. And um, we thank you for having teachings that can speak to a person who maybe is very skeptic or maybe um, is maybe more of a harder type person who needs that straight facts. And we're at that point where we have, um, we have those voices, verses pinpointed out. We have teachings and debates narrowed down to, I don't want to say a science, but narrowed down to an exact topic of this is truth and this is, Jesus, and this is um, what he has called for our life and what he has called for everlasting life. And we thank you so much for uh, just being at this point. We know that we are in end times, and we thank you for being able to understand Revelation unlike any other time in our life before. And I was driving past the church today who was advertising a Revelation teaching, and it looks like they're trying to dive into it. I don't know what type of church it was. It was really dark. I, I seen some, I seen the word Christ, but I didn't see anything else on the name. And Lord God, I just pray that they're, um, when these people go to these services, uh, for this revelation teaching, I pray that it's truth that's being spoken. And I pray that they're really understanding the revelation. And we pray that ears far and wide who could really use a teaching or um, who you know is going to be uh, forever edified or their heart is going to be changed and softened by one of these teachings, we pray that they can run into it and find it or run into one of us and we can tell them about it or hand them a pamphlet. And we just pray, Lord God, for uh, protection over all of us listening, over our bodies, our vehicles, our means of transportation, and our homes, Lord God. And I just ask that you use each and every one of us. We want to serve you. We want to be used by you. Use our hands and feet to serve you. And I thank you that I'm praying in Walmart right now. I stopped in Walmart to get a couple of things before getting back to work. And, you know, years ago, I probably would have been so shy to do that. And I'm not even scared at all. And I thank you that fear doesn't come from you and that, um, we, we don't have to have any fear, and that just makes so much anxieties go away, Lord God. We pray over those who are experiencing anxieties due to the many situations going on in the world. We, we, we know fear doesn't come from you, but we know our bodies have certain nervous systems that do, um, that do have spikes in different reactions to different things, Lord God. So we pray, um, we pray over a healing over everyone's mental state. We pray um, a healing over those with vivid memories and those that need their hearts healed. And we thank you for um, teachings where we're able to understand what's going on and then heal from there. And um, we pray those with broken hearts can run into the brokenhearted teaching. And we pray for the 
homeless, the mentally ill, the addicted, in these many epidemics that are going around, their people are struggling. Um, and we just pray for a financial, um, our financial standing to be in a good spot, Lord God, as things uh, do get more expensive. And uh, it does seem that different things pile up uh, during different times in our lives. And uh, we just thank you for always being there, even in dimmer, darker times where it feels like no one's around. And um, we thank you that in our darkest day, we we had our faith tested and that it proved to be uh, true, strong and correct. And that uh, we weren't wrong for to continuing to believe. And we pray that others can learn that who haven't yet. And um, we pray for the incarcerated that they can be prepared to get back on the streets, the ones that will be getting out. And we pray for the ones that are in their long term to be great examples of um, Christ-like leadership and uh, just to have purpose in life and to feel purpose. And we pray for um, drugs to be done being made and for epidemics and young kids who are going to become addicted to um, have the strength uh to not take certain drugs or not part party or not feel pressure. But if um, some end up doing it, Lord God, we pray that they uh, have resources around them, have support and uh, have truth and honesty in their heart and that they, um, and that there's solutions to help um, people get off these drugs uh, as there's many new ones being created all the time. And, um, we just pray for a great weekend ahead for Friday night to be uh, wonderful in prayer tomorrow. We pray for a mighty outpour- outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a mighty revival across the whole world. And we also ask that um, anyone who, sorry, I lost my track. We also ask that um, any of the leaders, the preachers, any um, Bible study leaders, preachers, pastors, and um, people that are teaching to uh, have the Holy Spirit speaking through them and to soften those hearts that are listening and um, that they can be used by you while they're teaching, Lord God. And um, we thank you for bringing us to this ministry tonight and for all of us being able to have this time together as it's very special to us and we don't always know um, when our uh, when our next day is if our next day is guaranteed, and we're so grateful for the times we've had and the times we hopefully will have. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, we had a wonderful time tonight. Um, anything in closing, Sister Kathy? No, um, I thank God we're getting some rain, and that's going to be good. Well, let me just pray real quick. Lord, I do pray for the people that are under severe storm watches and warnings. I pray for the first responders that are so committed to keeping humanity safe. And I do pray for property, and I pray for pets and and um crops and things like that so thank you that it's all working together for good and i thank you for chaplain john's wonderful day today and the glorious prayer time this morning and the awesome time that he had yesterday and just thank you that this for such a time as this we are 
on planet Earth. So we love you and thank you and bless everyone here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, Sister Sharon, anything in closing? Yes, I'd just like to remind everybody that we're having a call-in praise and prayer program tomorrow night. And it's everybody just call into Uber Conference at 717-409-5553. And we just have a really good time. Everybody's welcome to come in and share their praises, their testimonies, and to pray. Okay. And then we have prayer tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Same number yes, here that you call in. And then I will be back uh, Saturday night. So um, we'll just, it's exciting. Uh, we're surging forward with the Lord now. Uh, Wild Amen. Olive, anything in closing? Uh, no, just um, thank the Lord for all the wonderful things he's done. The prayers he's answered. Thank you so much for the word and the teaching. Uh, so we can be comforted when we see these strange things happening and we have that blessed hope and we just want others to have that as well and to be exiting with us too. Amen. In Jesus' name. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I was thinking of a nice, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, you close with the ironic benediction there. But I, I like that uh, in Jude 24 and 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. And with, now look at this, with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. That's Jude uh, well, it's only one chapter, verses 24 and 25. But God bless yeah. everybody, and uh, we'll either see you tomorrow morning or Saturday uh, evening. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave life Oh